FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till death do us part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Are we best friends? Did we just become best friends? Did we? I don't know, did we? Yeah, the uh, mansion. So this place is huge. To me, it's a little bizarre. He hasn't always been a fan of mine, and I think Sexton you know, is the next one. Season starts at Daytona anyways. We know this. Like The handicaps are stupid. And he has a flat voice of a thirty <laughs> of a 90-year-old librarian. Yeah, man, I would like to start this conversation off by saying you're absolutely wrong. Christian has a past also of doing things that are not the smartest moves. He's just fast enough to be a problem. If I couldn't be, like, I, I wasn't going to continue the season riding around in 11th. You better believe I would have blown homie off the berm. I've done a lot worse for way worse positions. Only time I've ever yelled at someone was, um, but Barsha did something stupid in practice. Okay. Up yeah. With Barsha, it's just 100%. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> Don't trust them, you know? Right. Don't do that because I'm good at that game, and I'm crazier than you are. Well, like they want that. action, and then they get action, and then they don't want action. Yeah, you know? whether it's uh, featherweight lithium, featherlight lithium batteries. What are you laughing at? <laughs> the way uh, you mixed that all up, you said feather featherweight lithium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Featherweight lithium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we know? Concepts have a, have a spot? They are going to have a spot. Yeah, they are. Complete ass. Here. See the thing? What? You see the, did you see the little thing there? Wait, what just happened? I don't know what you're doing. I'm trying to communicate with Tits, and he's just, yeah. Mm. Well, you would have been on 10 minutes earlier, but Tits just, just didn't even do anything. To me, it's just like a nothing burger. That's so great. That's, I know right. more about pulling a whole shot at Supercross than you. Nobody knows anything <laughs> as much as Steve does. I don't want you to shit on your legacy. I want him to do the right. I want him to do the things that I want him to do. I'm not sure at all. I just listen to Steve. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh I can make up all kinds of stuff too. And they had something called the men's short program, and I felt like that fit me. Get Crown. the hell out of here with that. I just get a fucking name. Is that MS DOS? I'm on a fucking staff for gangbangs. Tits, I want some chairs. Mathis, shut up. Okay. Welcome back to another Pulp MX wrap up show. And I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. And as of now, I still have my long hair. Not long, a couple more weeks or a week and a half, and we'll, it'll be gone. But anyway, let's get to my guest tonight. First up, brought to you by Seal Savers, the owner of Seal Savers, Mason Mill. What's up, dude? Hey, Dark Side. This is a, probably going to be the last one I do after the pony's gone. We're gone. Yeah, you threatened to uh, pull your sponsorship. So, man, maybe I need to rethink this thing. <sighs> I might. I don't know if you'd rather have a bike or a wrap up sponsor. Tough call. <sighs> yeah. Whew. I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, the sp I like the sponsor, but I like a bike too, Mason. I, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the bike. Please please, just, right, we'll, please we'll just stay on. It. Yeah, just stay on, man. 
All right. I'll, I'll think about it. Okay. All right. Well, next up, a guest that Mathis says is shocking that I got him on. He's brought to you by Guts Racing from Pro, Pro Taper, Randy Valade. What's up, dude? How you guys doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. This is uh, this is going to be a fun show. I don't really know why Steve says it was shocking exactly because you've done this before. Uh, you know, and I'm really good, Randy. I get the big time guests, man. I mean, it's those guys just instantly say yes. And like, like wait till next week when Jason Anderson comes on. Like, I think it, you, you, J- Steve's going to be so surprised and so blown away when the guy that will not do his show does the wrap up show. What do you think about that, Mason? I love it. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking like how great it would be if Jason Anderson dislikes Steve so much that he was willing to listen to the wrap up the pulp show just to do the wrap up show and not do his show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't think Jason's willing to do that, but it would be a uh, pretty damn entertaining. But anyway, guys, this week, episode four ninety two, Zach Osborne in studio, as well as Colin guest, Joey Savacci, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Tyler Entenap, Kate Clayson calls in, Andy White from FXR joins late in the show. And we even had an appearance by Gringo who called in because he was worried about Steve. He wanted to make sure everything was okay down there because of the low T, the low testosterone. We know where, uh, Mason, we know where Gringo's concerns are. Yeah, and he, he brought up a valid point, but I was glad that uh, Steve cleared the air on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Gringo, man. It's good to hear him back. He's a, he's a truck driver for UPS. I believe it's UPS. might be FedEx, but uh, he's on the road a lot, so he doesn't get to call in as much. So, Gringo, we miss you, man. But uh, Mason, or, uh, actually, let's go to Randy first. Overall thoughts on episode 493. A lot of Vince Freeze, Christian Craig talk. Um, and like I said, Mason threatened to pull my sponsorship. But other than that, what were your thoughts on the show? No, I, you know, I thought it was a great show. You know, uh, Steve's been doing a good job of getting uh, some pretty high-profile athletes in uh, week in and week out since, you know, not just, you know, 2022, but in general. Um, I think uh, with Craig being on on was fantastic, right? I mean, they really obviously probed at the, the Vince Freezy deal. And, uh, you know, I think Malcolm Stewart in general is just a great interview. Um, Savachi had a lot to say, which is great as well. Honestly, I thought the whole show was, was really, really good. Yeah, you were mentioning, you sort of just touched on it, but off air, you're talking about like how good the the lineups have been in 2022. Like every, seems like every year, Steve gets a little better. Uh, the the show improves. There's new, new new additions. Like a few years ago, we've talked about YouTube Live and all that stuff where we can watch now. But it just like it just continues to impress. Yeah, more pe- or less people are, are not not hating on Steve anymore, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I feel like I don't know, Mason. You listen all the time. Like I feel like there's guys that they can hate on Steve, but they still know the power of Pulpomex. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they can hate all they want, but they're still listening. They're still right. bringing attention to him. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. It's uh, it's it's kind of like the old Howard Stern. If you guys ever watched Private Parts, you know, when he went to NBC, he was breaking all these rules, stuff that had never been done before, and NBC execs were getting just furious, and they were ready to pull the plug. But then when they did the they pulled did the polls, the people that were complaining about him, like showed were listening more than the people that actually like the show and when asked why, like, well, we want to hear what he says next. Basically, like, even the people that hate can't help but listen. So, yeah, it's pretty – Steve is kind of the Howard Stern of Moto there, Mason. Yeah, I I was definitely excited uh, for last week's show with RV and Jake in studio and the one where Anderson won and Stink Dog. It seems like there's been a lot of really cool, uh, obviously good racing and all that, but just exciting things around that Pulp Nation. Just a lot of 
fun, entertaining things as a listener to uh, tune into every week. Absolutely. Well, let's get started on this one. And I want to start by talking or what they talked about with Eli Tomac, or they talked about Eli Tomac, not with Eli Tomac. Uh, he won again at Glendale, which if you guys remember from a couple of weeks ago, uh, RV called it. He said Eli would be the next guy to that has already won to win a second race. Let's listen. Uh, you know Eli Tomac pretty well. You trained with him for a summer a few years back. Uh, you've obviously raced against him, uh, all of that stuff. Um, but uh, he looks amazing right now. He expanded his points lead first rider to win two races this year. Blue Crew, bro. Uh, it's changed his life. Always before when I saw him in the pits or even on track, a lot of times mm-hmm. I felt like he was just tense, like under some sort of tension. And now he just looks like it's, yeah, simple. Like he's just going to go out there. He's going to get a good start. He's going to ride. It's no big deal. Yep. Done. Yeah. And that's how it looked this weekend. Last main, it was like, you know, yeah, it'd be cool to go 1-1-1, one, 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 yeah. but yep. I'm going to just take this overall, yeah. take the 26 points, bonus money, take right. it to the house. The question going in, he's a year older, right? And this sport doesn't favor the older riders as far as being title guys. He's on a new bike. He's been off his game the last couple of years. He's not coming in at peak Eli. What's he going to be? Dude, he might be better. I, the, the, phenomenally enough, he might be better. Better than like, when? I mean, better than ever. I th- better than ever, in my opinion. Better than ever. Yeah. How? How, did, how is that possible? I don't know. He's <laughs> he's talked about this whole freedom bike thing a lot, which I don't know. Right. It's to me, it's a little bizarre. If they're not careful, like you know, a couple more weekends of giving away three or five points, Eli's going to be head and shoulders above the rest. You know, yeah. If you give him a race where he doesn't have to worry about anything for a whole race, yeah, yeah. Scary. Yeah, it is. He, he looks great. And you know what? Like, I talked to him for like 20 minutes before Anaheim won at, at Will Call, and he was good. And he hasn't always been a fan of mine. You know, we've had our moments. Yeah, like, moments. And he was great. Like everyone. And then uh, I texted him to come on after the win at Anaheim, and he hit me right back right away. No problem. Came on, and he was great. RV and Weimer were here, uh, and they were great. Like, like just pers- personality. Yeah, I think he it, seems happier. Right, that's better. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he just has this... I'm Eli Tomac, and I'm here going to yeah. race this dirt bike this weekend. Yeah, Randy, so this has been a big topic all year with different all, a lot of media sources that Eli just seems like a different guy, and they're not wrong. He definitely is laughing more, uh, more personable than what we've seen in the past. And with Zach's comments about, like, he doesn't really understand, like Eli has kind of talked about, like, he has more freedom with what making changes on, on – uh, the Yamaha, like they're giving him more options. And Zach said he doesn't really understand that. But I, I like to me, that seems like a really if if you're not confined and you don't feel like you're put in a box and you can't try things, like you would. I, I see that he would be stressed out, and maybe now he's happier. Like it makes sense to me. I think it's uh it's pretty evident what's been going on. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, just just looking at him overall, you know, I think there is and I don't think there was ever so much stress put on him. Right. I mean, let's be honest, when his first days at Cowie, he was really, really good. Right. Yeah. Uh, Did the bike change that much? I wouldn't think that it changed that much. Maybe it did a little bit and they were they were wanting him to use different components or parts or whatever it may be. But like, yeah, this year, I think, you know, with switching the teams to, you know, the the Monster Star team and just. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like they said, it's like he has like maybe there's no pressure on him anymore. Like he's getting older. Maybe he's realized like, hey, man, I'm just going to do this for fun. And I mean, we all know he's really, really good. Right. Let's be honest. Um, and, you know, and now that he's getting starts, the, these guys are in trouble, man. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, 
he he looked really good the last few weekends, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this this train keeps rolling. Yeah, I, I, you're not wrong, and with him being seeming to be in a happier place, that's going to add to making it probably a little easier every weekend. Yeah. I still think, uh, and Mason, I'm going to get to you in a second, I still think that we haven't seen everything from Jason Anderson and Chase, but like you take a couple, a, away a couple of those mistakes that Jason's made or getting taken down by you know, Marvin, or uh, not Marvin, Barsha, like this, this thing's a lot closer than it is right now. So I don't think, I, I'm not ready to say Eli's going to run, start running away with it just yet, but I do yep. see where, the, where you're coming from, where they're coming from. Mason, having a happier Eli is scary for the rest of the field, and it is really good for us as listeners of Pulp and any other media we take we take part in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, happy Eli is, is really fun to see, and like Randy said, like everyone's saying, it's just poetry in motion watching him ride. Yeah, he's he's beautiful on a motorcycle when he's on. Even, hell, even when he's not, <laughs> all those guys are more talented than I'll ever be. Uh, but I, I definitely like seeing Eli in a better place, and I I do put a lot of weight on the fact that he's maybe like not the fact that he has more options or more freedom with a different team, but just the fact that he's on a different team. Randy, uh, you know, all these guys, Jason and Mookie, who've changed places, you sometimes. You just need to change, you know. I mean, you whether you change jobs or maybe you change chicks. I don't know. Sometimes you just need a change, Randy. And you to or maybe you need a haircut and a change, and maybe that's going to change your life completely. I don't know. I'm about to find out. What do you What do you think about just getting a change? You no, know, I agree with you. You know, I think you know when you're in the same rut, and not necessarily a rut, just when you're in the same position for so long, right? And you know, you do get a change and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, maybe they're, you know, the teams, you know, the, the training regiments and the testings is a little bit different and all that. Right. And you just get into a zone. I think that's kind of where Eli's at. And, and to, you know, go back on what you were saying about, you know, Jason, I think Jason's really good right now. Um, you know, he's had a couple unfortunate, you know, issues on the tracks, you know, I think he would have done a lot better, obviously at Glendale without, you know, landing on the hate on the tough blocks or whatever it may have been. And then you, you know, you touched on chase as well. And, you know, chase is really, really good when he gets out front. Yeah. But I feel like when he doesn't get a start, he rides a little panicky and he makes just mistakes that he really shouldn't, because I think he's, he is better than some of those guys that he's racing with, but he just gets, I feel like he just panics and he, he makes poor mistakes. Right. You know, but when you, I mean, you saw him, right. Like mm-hmm. in the last race he got out front and he was, he was perfect. Right. I mean, he didn't make a mistake and, you know, we've seen that a couple, a couple of races so far this year. And, uh, no, overall, I mean, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. The series is good. The 450 class is better than it's ever been. And, you know, I hate to always say that, but like, honestly it is. I yeah, mean, it's there's, great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to the remaining races for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to Malcolm Stewart. He called in after his first podium of the year. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys, when I listen to these things, and I kind of listened back a bunch to get these notes. Uh, Mason, did you notice that Malcolm has like a, uh, a crutch, you know, something that he says a lot. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. Uh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't pick up on it. Uh, maybe once you say it, I will. Yeah, he says a lot, and this is not busting on him. It's just what people do sometimes. He'll say, "I'm gonna tell you the truth." <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the truth. He said that a bunch. I was like, "God damn it!" You can't always. What, everything doesn't have to be the truth. I don't know. He just kept saying it, and I was like, "Damn it, Mookie, work on that." It was driving that, me crazy. That's not, funny. That's funny. I didn't. I didn't notice that, but uh, I'll but, have to listen back and see if it yeah, picks up. Yeah. Now you. Time. Now you will. 
Thanks. Thanks for ruining that. Yeah, uh, right. for me. But Mason, he uh, he was a really good interview. Uh, he, you know, Steve asked him if he liked the triple crowns, and he answered with a resilient no almost before Steve got it out of his mouth. And, and there was a little bit of a discussion on that. Like, you know, Zacho said it's more dangerous, and Malcolm kind of talked about the the fact that like you're hurting more after a triple crown than a normal race. I, th- I found it kind of interesting. I, I haven't put the math down because they kept talking about three gate drops. There's three gate drops. There's three gate drops. Well, on a regular race, you got two because you got a heat race and a main. You know, worst case, you go to the LCQ, you got three. Like, is one gate drop really that much different, Mason? Like, I don't know why the gate drops is the big thing, like, with them. Maybe it's just because they're all, all the top guys are together in the mains and not a heat, but, like, it doesn't seem that much different from my standpoint. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I would guess is that it's just a little bit more of a competitive start for three times in a row, um, and I think that that's got to be a little bit more intimidating going into that first turn with everybody. You know, all of the top guys are super hungry. Obviously, everyone has a shot at doing really well at these shorter round, at these shorter races. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, Randy, you've raced at a, at a high level. Give us your thoughts on that, on the triple crowns, and the, why that's so much more intense for those guys. Is it is it just the the level of riders in each race? I think more so than anything is just like the first turn is always a little hairy, right? Uh-huh. And the more and more that you have to, you know, the two or three times that you got to do it in the triple crown, it just gets a little hairy. You know, the first lap's always a little bit crazy, right? Let's be honest. You know, there, a lot of things happen in the first lap or two, you know, where, where it's only one race. It's kind of like, okay, we got to the first lap, but then when you go to the triple crown, okay, we got three of those now. So I don't know. It's, uh, I love the format. Honestly, I think it's great. I think uh, if I was a fan, I think I would like that as, you know, as much as well, you know, just seeing all of the guys race three times, you know, rather than heat races, LCQs and so on and so forth. But uh, I like it. Um, but I can see as a rider, you know, like always going to the first turns, a bit scary. Let's be yeah, honest. I like them too. And I think, I think it was the review show that where Zach said that as a fan, he likes them as a racer. He hated them. Or didn't like sure. them. So, yeah, that, that I can see both sides. Uh, but going back to Mookie, Steve asked a question, which if he, had le- if he had listened to the press conference, he would have heard that I asked that question already, and Mookie <laughs> answered it, but he didn't. So he asked Mookie about his whoop speed being a little lacking this season. Uh, and, you know, and he asked, again, the same question I did. Do you feel like it's the bike a little bit? And it does sound like uh, Mason May- uh, that Mookie is still – trying to figure out the setup of the bike. He kind of mentioned that the whoops have been built weird this year, but still working on the bike. And I think that's fair with, you know, again, new team, new bike. It takes some time. We got to give him a little bit of uh, a little bit of slack on that. Yeah, I think, and he's been on a number of different bikes uh, over the last couple of years. So I'm sure it takes a little bit of time to get through it, but I love, I love seeing how well he's doing. I, I just have like this Mook Larocco nickname uh for him right now just so consistent and smooth it looks good i I like watching it i do too and i I think the whoop speed will come around you know where we see him elevate back to the way but the way he has been in the past uh and it's just kind of different randy because we are used to seeing mookie being head and shoulders above the rest in the in the whoops kind of like christian is in the 250s and we just haven't seen it yet yeah but i think that the whoops are 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 definitely being built a little bit bigger this year right and maybe even a little peakier um you know i think malcolm was obviously very phenomenal in the whoops over the fast past few years but i think they were a little bit smaller you know and now as we get into the bigger whoops um i mean christian's whoop speed is insane let's be honest 
but yeah, I think Mookie, uh, he, maybe he's not as, as good as he was in the loops, but he's still fast. I mean, you look at him and he's still good in him. He's just not what he was, but the re- I feel like on the rest of the track though, he looks, he looks a bit better on the Husky than he did in, in some of the years past. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. something else that got brought up, Steve kind of went back to a one and the Malcolm Marv incident and the yelling on the side of the track. And Malcolm was pretty cool about it, you know, and Steve gave him praise for how he handled it. He was very mature, which I think is very hard to do in the heat of the moment, Randy, when you're racing. Uh, but Malcolm was like, yeah, man, I just kind of, I tried to keep my calm and, and deal with it the proper way. And it, it really get, built some respect for me with Malcolm when he handled that. And I, I appreciated that Steve brought it up and they talked about it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, he, he definitely got, got cleaned out. Let's be honest, you know, yeah, I mean, be easy to be mad. Yeah. I mean, any, anyone's going to be mad at that point. Right. But, uh, you know, and he got in his face and I mean, he had all rights to, to do that, you know, I mean, they were in good positions and I just, I didn't agree with the past, but I mean, it is what it is. It's racing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just honestly literally enjoyed listening to Mookie talk. I feel yeah. like he's in the place. He's calm. Like, I mean, I like it. I think it's, uh, he, he's definitely going to get better as the year goes on. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. He seems like he's in a good place. And that you, like you said, he was a really good interview based off the Malcolm Marv discussion. Steve asked Zach if he'd ever had like an incident similar. And this is what he talked about. Only time I've ever yelled at someone was, um, but Barsha did something stupid in practice. Okay. And I that's love odd. that's no, odd. I love racing Barsha. Right. Like because of what Mookie said a minute ago, it's like some guy you think is your friend is gonna saw your front wheel off. Yeah. With Barsha, it's just one hundred percent you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Don't trust him, you know? Right, right. And I, I'm good with that. Like that's yeah, totally yeah, yeah. fine. Right. Um but he did something dumb in practice uh-huh. and we were like going through the tunnel and I was like, Look, dude, don't do that because I'm good at that game yeah. and I'm crazier than you are. And we never had any <laughs> issues after that. So, Mason, I love that piece of audio because Zach's just like, look, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just kind of, you know, I, I told him how it was. Don't do it. And I'm, I know what to expect. It's sort of a different side or a different opinion on Barsha than we hear from most everybody else. Everybody else is mad at the guy. And Zach's like, all right, I know what to expect. Uh, I told him how it was going to be if he kept doing it. And we handled it. So I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It seemed like Zach uh, definitely laid the ground rules before going out on the track, which was cool. Um, but he's also a little bit removed from it now that he's not lined up next to him That's every true. weekend. So it might be a little easier for him to talk about that now. But I found it interesting. I know a couple weeks ago when you had um, Connor Fields on the wrap-up show, he was talking about how even in like BMX, there's guys where he knows he can race him clean. And there's also guys that um, are he knows are going to run it in on him. So I thought that was kind of interesting here from that a couple weeks ago and then hearing Zach talk about it. I thought it was all really cool. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining. I I just love Zach's approach. It's like, I'm crazier than you. And you're like, when you think of Zach Osborne as a human, like you don't think crazy at all. He's like the nicest guy in the world, but as a racer, he's like, no, man, I'll, I'll put it right back on you. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah. And I think he would for sure. too. Yeah, no doubt. We saw him with AC a couple years ago and yeah, he, he definitely is not afraid to put it right back on you. That's, that's, uh, definitely textbook Zach Osborne. Uh, they they had continued earlier after the Eli discussion talking about the series so far, and uh, Steve seems to maybe have a little a few questions about Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb, are we are we worried? Soon, are we worried? Soon. Uh, let, let's see how Minneapolis goes. Like when oh, he gets a little okay. bit more uh, East Coast, a little bit more comfortable with the dirt. Blah yep. blah blah. Yep. Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm. All in on him winning some races this year, but uh, no one's saying that championship yeah. is going to be tough. He's almost a race down. Back out of that, yeah. You think it's a new bike? 
Um, I mean, he could be searching pretty hard. And I, you know, just what I see from Coop as far as when he's riding, he he doesn't have his normal qualities um, when he's comfortable. So I, I think that, you know, they're definitely searching for something. The best part of Alden Baker's program, as you know, you won championships on it, is the competitiveness with other riders. Yeah, he has that, though. It always takes time, you know, and people think that it's like this. It's only when you make this monumental shift from Husky to Cowie or Cowie to Yamaha or whatever. But those, you know, new bikes, new models can be just as different or even more different than those. No, it takes – I've been there on OEMs, too. Like, we – the Yamahas went to aluminum frame in 05, and we were told it was going to react the same as a steel frame. (laughs) It did not. So you're not worried for Coop. You want a couple more races. Wait, what am, what am I wor- like? Explain that title. Mm. Defending this thing. I'm a little worried, but race wins, no problem. Yeah, we'll get there. Right, Randy. I'm not worried. My boy Cooper Webb is going to come on once we get to mini. He's going to start winning, winning, winning. And uh, so I think I think Zacho and Steve are wrong. There's nothing to be worried about. But what do you think? Um, <laughs> you don't. I, you you don't agree. No, I said I don't agree. I, I think, you know, Cooper is, is he's all about winning, right? I mean, yeah. listen to, you know, his, his you know, when he comes on the show, it's like, I like to win, right? Like under his hobbies, right? I saw that winning thing when I was in the race this weekend, and I literally cracked up because that's what he wants to do, right? Like he wants to win. And uh, it, he may be struggling a little bit right now. I do think he, he definitely win, gets some wins throughout the rest of the year. Um, is he a title contender? 100%. Um, you know, he's put himself in a little bit of a deficit already, but, uh, I mean, man, if, if when you look at it, like you see like Kenny, you know, down in like eighth or ninth in points and all these guys, I think the series is so tough. I mean, anything can happen, right? Like these guys, Tomac could have a bad race or whoever it may be, and he's right back in it. Right. So, um, I think as we do go East, I think he does start winning some races. Uh, and there is a, there's a definitely a possibility that he's in the hunt for the championship come Salt Lake for sure. I like it. No panic button yet for you. Not yet. Not yet. How about you, Mason? Uh, I have the panic button pressed uh, for two reasons. Uh, number one, just watching that, that way he's faded uh, the last couple of weeks has not been good. But then also I would be panicked that if he does catch fire and starts figuring it out, the other guys have got to be panicked because he's going to come out hot. He cannot be happy right now. Yeah, that's interesting. He, like, person, like mood-wise, talking to him at press day, he seems – like he's in a pretty good place. I mean, he's not happy, but he's not angry yet. And that that's the only thing I was kind of worried about. Like when I talked to him at press day, I wanted him to be pissed and he didn't seem that way. He was being, he was being too friendly on press day at Glendale. I didn't like that. Like he should have been mad. He shouldn't even want to talk to me. Uh, but I still have faith Cooper. I know it's coming, buddy. It's all right. Yeah. I hope he does. I really hope he does. I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that, uh, he was in that good of a mood at, at uh, press day. He seemed that way to me. He he was laughing and joking with me, and I, I I appreciated it for me for the content, but I wanted him pissed. Like I I need he'll get there. He'll be maybe after. Me. Well, you get all the big guests. He's got to have a good a good representation when he's on your show or talking to you. Yeah, he probably didn't want to upset me because he'd be worried that I wouldn't talk to him. I'm sure he's pretty. I bet he's that's that'll keep him up at night, not being able to come on the the Moto Expod show. Yeah, yeah he's probably had that panic button press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Does it does it help getting that pissed? Like, does it really? Does that is that going to make him be better? That's the thing, right? Like, is right. It, I'm pissed off. Then you're putting so much pressure on yourself. I don't know. You know, it, it's hard to get into the heads of a lot of these guys. But you know, it's uh, I think you know Cooper's won in the past, and, and he knows how to win. And I think it's uh, I hope it's coming. I, yeah. I really like, and uh, I hope it, he turns it around and, and gets back up there. So 
I think from what I know of him, getting angry does help because we've heard Carlos yeah. and, and then talk about like he came in after the heat race and was angry and he's like, okay, I'm fucking winning. And then he goes and yeah. wins. Like, so I think he feeds off that. So I do think he needs to get, he, you know, I don't think Kenny would work well that way, but I think Cooper needs that. So I'm hoping it comes, but we'll, we'll see. I, you know, one more, eight, one more West Coast round at A3. And once we get to mini, I think things are going to, Maybe things have changed a little bit with a couple guys. Uh, you, got, you guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from listening to Pulp Mex. The, uh, Michelin bicycle tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp Mex wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including BMX tires now. Check them out, Michelin Bicycle Tires. Uh, next up, Joey Savacci. Mason, this was a good interview, man. Joey's always really open. Uh, he was on a few weeks ago, episode 471, actually more than a few weeks ago, but he was on a while back, and I'm going to touch on that in a minute. But the first thing right off the bat that made me happy was almost instantly he told Steve, you're absolutely wrong because they were talking about the OGO 9800 and what you can pack in it. And <laughs> I just like the fact that he told Steve he was wrong, Mason, because Steve doesn't like being told he's wrong. Yeah, it's always fun to hear when someone puts him in his place. And yes, I agree with you, Joey did it. <laughs> I agree, Joey was a great interview. Uh, my favorite part of his, his interview was uh, when he was talking about his surgery and his mm-hmm. uh, child being born. I could only imagine what kind of hectic week that was for him yeah that's pretty intense if you have kids randy you got kids i do i got two of them yeah so i've got a grown one and uh, and a granddaughter now yeah it's very hectic uh and it, you know you can hear the baby in the background there's people on youtube that were like what is all that noise in the background it's like man he's, he's got to be holding his newborn baby man that's awesome so yeah the surgery leading right into a baby being born like had to leave early right didn't he say he had to leave like a day earlier and the doctor wanted to get back for the baby Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, intense, man. But uh, yeah, great interview. Let's listen to what he had to say about the ACL. I needed to be at the end of the day, regardless of my crash in San Diego, because that's really what did it in the first turn. Right. Uh, regardless of that, if I couldn't have been a more competitive person, like meaning more towards eighth or better, I was going to pull the plug anyways and get it fixed. But I wanted to at least try. The crash really expedited it. I would mm-hmm. say. But if I couldn't be, like, I, I wasn't going to continue the season riding around in 11th. And and I say riding around in 11th, and that's no disrespect to whoever's getting 10th or 11th. But yep. I just, for me and my career, where, where I want to be, I need to be more competitive, and I need to be turning more heads than, than getting 11th. And trust me, like, my 11th, I was, I was pretty happy with, all things considered. Yeah. But that doesn't turn the heads of potential future opportunities and, and right. securing rides and and my future. Well, I think in yeah. Joey's situation, it's kind of I like his approach. Like, if he wasn't going to be better than where yeah. he was, you know, where he obviously had a goal yeah. of like eighth or better, and if he couldn't do that, then he needed to get it. But fixed. But some guys and, are good with no ACL. I know. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. My knee, right. both of my knees are yeah. like super sloppy, and I've yep. never had any issues. So first of all, as I said, I felt like Joey was much in much better spirits than he was on episode four seventy one the last time he was on. If you guys happen to remember, 
that that night he was talking about um like he stopped being himself because of all the people bitching on social media like that stuff was getting to him and he felt like he wasn't marketable so he just kind of shut things down he sounded really like he was having i mean he kind of talked about the mental side and it was it wasn't a very positive light on himself at that time he seems like in a way better place mason but I was a little bit surprised with, maybe not surprised, but questioning him saying, like, eighth or better, I was going to pull the plug. I don't want to be riding around in 11th. Because uh, I started thinking, okay, well, if we look at this field, and Randy already kind of mentioned the field earlier, if you look at guys in that area, I'm going, like, just Glendale alone. Dylan Ferrandez was 12th. Aaron Plessinger was 11th. Dino was 9th. Cooper Webb was 8th. And you go back to the Anaheim, same guys. Marvin Muscan, Adam Cianciarillo was still racing in 12th. Ken Roxon was 13th at uh, Oakland. Like these guys, Justin Cooper, or, uh, not, or Cooper Webb in 8th at A2. Uh, Justin Barsha right in front of him. We got Dean Wilson in 9th. A1, Joey Savacci was 8th, so he did make it that night. But Jason Anderson behind him after crashing. Adam Cianciarillo behind him. Like, I feel Mason like 8th might be a little bit out of reach for Joey. Like, nothing against Joey, but the level, not and not not like he can't ever get that, but consistently, I think 12th, 13th, 11th is probably where he's going to be. Yeah, I think 8th uh, would probably be about the best he could do. Um, but, I mean, those guys, like 6 to 12, shuffle them up, and wherever they land, I believe it could happen, no problem, every other week, you know? Um I think he could could land right around that eight to twelve spot and would be pretty comfortable there. But I don't see him doing any better than that. And like you said, I don't see him doing it consistently. Yeah, I think it'd be tough, Randy. I mean, I guess again, racing at a high level though, you have to feel like you can do have this goal right of eighth or fifth or a podium, depending on where you are. So I guess if he maybe maybe if he said, okay, I'm just an eleventh place guy, then it's really hard to improve. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, I, I was just jotting down all the guys that are in that top, honestly, top 12. Right. Yeah. And there's some really good guys in there. And and, not, and it's nothing against Joey. I think Joey's a really good rider and he, he typically gets good starts, which obviously helps, um, you know, but like to say, hey, I don't want to ride around 11th. Well, let's be honest, 11th pretty good right now, the way the series is. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, eighth or better is, is really good. And, and I'm not saying that he can't hit it. He can't, he, you know, he's a great rider. Um, but man, it is, uh, it is a stacked field this year. And, you know, luckily we haven't seen any injuries yet where the field is thinning out, which is fantastic. Right. I mean, I don't think we've, we've gone this far in a series without someone going out minus Joey, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Eighth or better is, is solid. I mean, if he, if he thinks an eighth or, eighth or better guy, then Hey, Props to him, man. That is uh, that is a, a very, very good deal. Yeah, yeah. If he could do, that'd be great. I just, man, I don't, Mason, I, I, what do you, do you remember the episode 471 that I touched on with him? Do you remember that interview? Not specifically. Okay. If you were to talk about something, you know, like a specific thing, maybe, but not off the top. Okay, I just was wondering if you re- thought he, did you feel like he was in pretty high spirits considering he's out with ACL like he, that that night on 471 I was a little bit worried about his mental health you know like just and I didn't get that sense uh this Monday night like I felt like he was just in a better place 
Yeah, I think Zach talked about it, um, and I think it might have been about Eli, but, I mean, having kids changed his thing, oh, yeah, man, and yeah. I think he might be really enjoying that, you know, time he's getting at home, and I can imagine he hasn't spent a ton of time at home chasing the circuit, you know, so I'm sure he's just in, enjoying it while, while he can and enjoying the new baby. Yeah, not the worst time to be out with an injury, right, Randy? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. probably, probably his wife's enjoying him being home, helping out. That's big, big moment in someone's life for sure. And then of course, guys, we get Steve Mathis trying to stir the pot a little bit, you know, where you at with Zacco. And, uh, I love, I love Randy that, uh, his line was like, you know, if I was in the same position, I would have blown homie off the berm. Like he's not yeah. holding any grudges, you know, the night of probably pretty pissed off for a couple of days, probably pretty pissed off, but it's in the yeah. past now. He doesn't like, you could tell he didn't really even want to talk about it. No, for sure. You know, I mean, I think, uh, let's be honest. I mean, Zach did what he had to do. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, it was, uh, you know, and I think if, it, if, if roles were reversed and, and Joey was behind him, he would have done the same exact thing. Right. I mean, that was a, a, a wild race that night. Let's yes. be honest. It was, just, it was just cool to hear those two, like kind of talk about it and like neither one of them really wanted to touch on it too much. I mean, it was kind of like, eh, just you know, Steve. like, <laughs> Like Zach said, uh, you know, I didn't really know what to say to him, blah, blah, blah. But it was, it was, uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Yeah. It's kind of cool to get that. Like I know Steve was trying to stir the pot, but it brought up some stuff that, you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners were like, Oh, I do wonder, do they like each yeah. other? Did they ever yeah. talk about it? You know, that's, we wouldn't know that if Steve didn't ask that question and get him talking about it. And it was a great response. And, uh, and, and I think, I, I think it's easier now too, that Zach's not racing. Yeah. Right. Sure. If they were still racing and competitive against each other, that conversation may have gone a different way. But like, uh, yeah, now that Zach's not racing, it was uh, it was entertaining for sure. I, I bet Steve didn't ask about this, but I bet he is still bitter about not getting paid from the Tomax, though. Uh, you know, that's still that's still sure. probably a touchy subject. But Steve left that <laughs> one alone. Hey, hey, Mason, you know anything about seal savers? Because if not, I can tell you. Uh, I know a thing or two, but want to refresh my memory. All right, man. So for 22 years, Seal Savers offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the first and original fork seal protection that protects uh, protects your fork seal forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for performance on your side-by-side mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, and you can enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Randy. That sounds like a really cool company. I I really want to look into that. You should. You should check it out. And, Randy, I don't know how much work you have to do on your bikes, but if you're like me, I I don't even know how to change fork seals, really. I have my buddy do it for me, but it's a pain in the ass. It really is. I'll be honest. I mean, I don't get to ride as much as I, I used to. I have a uh, I have a brand new Husqvarna that I have three hours on. Oh, okay. And I've for almost a year now. Yeah, that's not good. But no, it's 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 tough, man. <laughs> uh, life's busy right now, right? Life is busy, but uh, I still obviously enjoy riding motorcycles more than anything. I just it's yeah. been. Uh, been hard to get out but uh no yeah seal savers makes a great product there's no doubt about that absolutely all you gotta do is strap them on over your seals your, your fork seals and man it keeps all that the dirt and grime out and you don't have to change fork seals uh i'll throw you a bone randy what kind of handlebars are you running on that husky <laughs> i'm actually running the new pro taper acf handlebar which we just released uh at the aim expo a few weeks back uh it's a new handlebar we've introduced and uh we're really looking forward to it getting into the market 
I like it. I like it. Uh, okay. The freezy Christian Craig incident obviously was the hot topic of the night, hot topic of the review show. Let's start with Joey. Uh, his When he was on, his opinion seemed to, in my opinion, it was a little influenced on his, by his feelings about Christian Craig. Christian has a past also of doing things that are not the smartest moves. I think at the end of the day, Vince Freeze is a common denominator in a lot mm-hmm. of issues. He's just fast enough, regardless of whether he rides a 250 or 450, to be a problem. He's so good at riding defensively without, like, riding too defensively, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. And dude, and he's not afraid to, like, just stay committed and lean, in, and lean into it. So he it, it, it makes it very hard. I'm definitely not taking his side on the pass by any means because... Obviously, Christian was there first. Cross jumping is dangerous, but I don't yeah. feel like he's that bad of a cross jumper. I don't feel like he is either. JT I, no, brought that up I yesterday. See, I see people do it all the time. Vince yeah. does it too. Yep. He's not a bad kid, right. you know. Like, and he's pretty mellow. Um, but I would say that the decisions that he makes sometimes on the motorcycle are definitely not the not the smartest. Yeah. So if JT has a problem with him already, of course, anything he does yes. like is going to be anti this and, and anti that so i get that side of it but again it's like you know it, yep. there's two sides there's two sides to both guys they both had their moments mm-hmm. good and bad and like i said i mean dude yep. christian is is just better than better than these guys i mean yeah. that's just the nicest way to put it and uh so mason i kind of mentioned that like i felt like his opinion was a little bit different than what we've heard for the most part over the last few days and somewhat influenced by some feelings he seems to have for Christian. But then so is JT's. Like, we all have, like, it's impossible to, almost to be completely unbiased. Uh, what do you think of what he had to say? Um, I thought it was a, a different take. And it's always nice to hear someone with a different perspective than your own. Yep. I mean, uh, Vince is, I mean, invented a verb in Supercross, you know, being freezy. <laughs> so, I don't know if he's trying to brand himself that way. It seems uh, like he's doing a really good job. But, I mean, like Joey said, he seems like there's some bad blood between him and Christian. Or I don't know if it's bad blood or just, you know, some things that have gone down in the past. But it was a fresh perspective and different than most people's anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, Randy, I'm going to get your thoughts on that too. But Zacho saying that Vince – Again, I, I, I keep saying this. I don't know. I guess I don't have to, but I don't race at that level, but I'm watching it. And when Zach says that he doesn't think Vince cross jumps that bad, I was kind of like, what the hell? Like, I was watching it live up in the press box, and he was jumping, like coming over on Joe Shimoda in the big quad quad rhythm section and, and in, the, in the triple, triple, triple section. Uh, I was like, damn, dude, like he's going to kill somebody. So, like, what do you think, Randy? I mean, you, you watch it, you see it probably from a different perspective than I do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vince is, you know, and, and Joey nailed it, right? Like, Vince is just fast enough to be, you know, a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, and, very good point. Yeah, and now that he's dropped, you know, went back to the 250 class, and, you know, that, that class isn't as gnarly as the 450, and I don't mean that in a mean way by any means, but, like, you know, you got a lot of younger kids coming up and racing. Like, Vince is, Vince is a veteran, right? He's been doing it for a very, very long time, and, like, I think a lot of these younger kids that are coming in think they can just jump right past him, and Vince don't play that game. Right. Like he will move over on you. He'll do his best. So you can't pass him. Um, as far as the pass goes uh, or the, the takeout on Christian, completely uncalled for on my point or in, in my opinion, um, you know, Christian is hands down faster than anybody in that class. Um, you know, Vince, Vince checks up, he rides around and maybe he gets his first podium. Right. And I know that's the common 
talk around, you know, him, what he did, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's tough, man. I mean, he gets good starts with ready almost whole shots every race right i mean i actually did pick him in fantasy to get a whole shot which he did not accomplish this weekend right fortunately so i did lose seven points on that but uh yeah he uh he's tough man he's um you know like he's a good rider but he's he's a bit dangerous as well you know um you know, I think some of the passes are, or some of his blocks are fine, but the, the one on Christian on Saturday night was a bit uncalled for, in my opinion. So did either of you see Moto Concepts post today on Instagram? I did not. Mason? No, but well, I'll go look at it right now. Well, here, I got it. Okay, so this is from Genova, and uh, it says, After a close review by the MCR team and AMA, it has been agreed upon that while Vince's line choice in the sand was not the smartest, there was no intent or malice in colliding with Christian. This is evident by the video replay that shows Vince breaking hard, causing his rear wheel to slide and ultimately make contact with Christian. That said, the entire MCR team and I are relieved that Christian wasn't injured in the crash, but also remorseful for how things transpired. And Glendale uh, goes on. Vince contacted Christian. Uh, intent. There's no intent to make contact or knock Christian out of the race. MCR understands that Christian is the premier rider in the 250 West class and is easily fa- favored to win in week in and week out. Uh, as a team owner, I want to make it very clear that in no way do I endorse, promote, or agree with any malicious or dirty act of conduct. And it goes on and on. But apparently Vince was breaking and trying to avoid it, I guess. Um, he never checked up once. <laughs> He hit him square in the swing arm. There was no checking up, breaking. I don't care what conditions you're in. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I know, I don't know Genova very well. I'm not calling yeah. him a liar, but maybe. I'm not, I'm not either. Yeah, it, but it was, uh, I, I don't really agree with the the wording. I think they're, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Mason. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I've got the panic button pressed for Coop, and I've got the bullshit button pressed for that one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Perfect. Well, there you have it, guys. If you're listening, uh, let me know your thoughts, man. Hit me up, darkside at pulpmex.com. Or help, maybe. Yeah, part, not pulpmex show. It's darkside at pulpmex.com. Let me know your thoughts on that because I'd like to get some thoughts, some uh, comments on the MCR post. Uh, okay. So Christian came on after Joey. Clearly, he was on not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and when Kiefer was in. But Steve got him back on to talk about this incident mainly, and he had his own his thoughts on the probation. Are you okay with just probation for Vince? I am not. I think probation doesn't really do much. No, no. Um, I think if I if I would have gotten hurt, then he, they would have done something. Uh, and it sucks that it takes like someone to get hurt for that to happen. So today I've been getting tagged a lot on uh, people have been digging up the archives uh, from six years ago when yeah. I uh, yep. took out Amart. Right. And you know I'm not saying I, I never was a dirty rider, but I've, I've done it probably twice in my career. And that night, actually, uh, we didn't practice. I got fined five thousand dollars. I was on probation, um, and then I had last gate pick. I apologized right away. Yeah. I felt like complete ass i own up to my mistakes like i've done i've made a lot of mistakes and and have done stuff like that but i'm not known for it you know no of course not. i don't keep doing it like i learn from it and i move on but i had no idea i went to just go rail that burn because i saw they fixed it and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna send this berm and 
try to check out. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm literally just front flipping. I don't know. understand why there was no fine involved or something else. I like the last cake pick even. Yeah, on the line, I uh, I spoke to him before the second one, mm-hmm. and uh, we started up next to each other. And my mechanic, actually, my mechanic actually uh, helped him put his start device down. You know, mm-hmm. just a nice guy. And mm. um, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Vince, I was like, Vince, dude, you got third. You're in a good spot. I'm like, let's ride clean. You know, you're in a good spot for a podium. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, shakes his head, yeah. Unbelievable. Literally. Not literally. Like, a minute, <laughs> one minute later. I just want to talk to him, like, Vince, dude. Yeah. Like, tell me tell me what that was. He he texted you, from what I understand? He emailed me. Oh, emailed. Okay, it's an email. Uh, all right, Randy. So, there's a few things in the audio that I really like. We Obviously, we don't know for sure how many times that Christian, he said a couple times he maybe did something like that. There might be more than that. But what we do know is Christian, he owns up to it, and he had really, you know, legitimate uh, punishments that he talked about that seemed fair. And now, like, it just, there's nothing happening. Like, the probation thing, he's right. Like, the probation doesn't do anything. And I think he's 100% right about that, that something like a gate pick or I don't know about the DQ, but like, yeah, let's, you get last gate pick. There has to be some kind of punishment that fits the crime to make this stuff maybe stop. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. You know, I think, you know, the, the, you know, probation, that's great. Right. What does that mean? Honestly, like what, what is the next step when you're, you know, if you're on probation and you hit somebody like, what do they do then? Right. Like no one really knows. Right. Like everyone's up, like Jason Harrison's on probation. Right. Like, what does that mean? Um, you know, I think, I think we can all agree that it was a very dirty takeout move, uh, whatever you want to call it. But, um, I mean, if you just watch, watch him ride the way that he's cutting over on people and, and running people high on berms, I mean, there's gotta be something that makes him want to stop doing that. Or, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, and like Christian mentioned, you know, I talked to him on the gate, you know, I said, Hey, let's just ride clean. Maybe that sparked something. And he was just like, you know what? I ain't going to ride clean. Like, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Right. Like I you never know. Right. You never know what someone's thinking. Um, it's it's kind of crazy. You know, like he mentioned, his mechanic helped him set his start device. I don't know where his mechanic was at. But anyway, <laughs> I was wondering uh, the same thing. I mean, I know Nick right. well, Nick McCampbell. <laughs> and I was like, well, how come Nick couldn't do it? Right. No, exactly. For sure. But no, I know the fine thing. I think the fines have to come into a play. You know, I mean, I don't know the salaries that these guys are making, but when you start hitting them with five, $10,000 fines, I mean, that's going to hurt a little bit, right? Let's be honest. Our industry doesn't make that much money. And, uh, you know, little things like that could definitely be like, okay, cool, man. I got to back it down a little bit. Um, you know, the, the last gate pick thing is great. Um, with Vince's starting abilities though, does that really affect him? I mean, the dude's good at starts. Let's be honest. You know, I think, I think you get the start from anywhere at Glendale. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah, Mason, I think you got to hit him in the pocketbook, but then you go back to the issue they've talked about over the last couple of weeks with all this aggressive writing is how do you decide what penalty or what dollar amount for this action versus this action? You know, well, maybe he got the he got the wheel in front of him here. Here it was a T-bone. Like, you still have to – it's very hard to do this without something set in stone on what is aggressive and what isn't. But what I want to actually talk about here is – and uh, Randy sort of touched on it with what Christian said about talking to him ahead of time. I'm pretty sure in the uh, review show, JT was talking about this. Like I've talked to him before and you talked to him on the line and like, everything's okay. And then you get out there and like, 
he just like it's in one ear and out the other. Like he's he doesn't he looks at you with a blank stare and just is a totally like almost a robot or a zombie, you know, and it's like maybe there is no fixing this if when Vince when that gate dropped, Vince just doesn't isn't able to compute that kind of thing. Yeah, is it fair to say that Vince is gonna vent? Uh, I would say it is. I think history has proven that. Yeah. If you if you did a science experiment, I feel like we've had enough hypotheses proven right. I don't I know that those terms probably aren't right, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's there's, there's been enough proof that yeah, I think that's that's a good statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh I, I don't know if you said that right, but I I think uh, I knew where you're going with that anyway. Yeah. I've tried, I don't I don't know the damn science term. Sorry guys, but we we said a hypothesis. We've proven it over test multiple times. Yes, Vince is going to Vince. I like it. Well, that, I guess, but that's not good enough. Like this has yeah. This does have to be figured out. I mean, they've all talked about it. Steve Weeds, Mathis, over and over on these podcasts. Like something has to be done. I cannot argue with them. Or at some point, somebody's just going to destroy Vince and. I kind of we talked about this like maybe last week or the week before the wrap up show like at some point oh we talked about it with Bogle when the Bogle situation happened like he just had enough and he's like fuck it I'm gonna park him I'm you know I'm down a lap and I'm gonna park him I don't really care I'll own up to it somebody has to do something because everybody's tired of it everybody's complaining about it the AMA is not doing anything about it I'll take it into my own hands and at some point maybe that happens with Vince but maybe somebody gets really freaking hurt first. That that's what I was just thinking, honestly. Like you, you can only. I mean, that's the last thing you want, right? Is yeah. Vince to hurt somebody, you know. And, and it's not even Vince, right? I mean, there's there's other riders that are are somewhat, you know, dirty as well. But yeah, I mean, that's the last thing we want to see is a a title contender get hurt based on somebody's stupid fucking move, right? Honestly, at the end of the day, um, you know, pardon the language, but yeah, it's like that's the last thing we want to see, and you know, and. He does do it a lot. Um, you know, there's other riders that are, are relatively dirty as well. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, and, and honestly, if someone smashes Vince and he goes off the side of the berm, does that accomplish anything? Probably not. Right. No. That's just going to be angry. Yep. And now he's going to get somebody else. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the case is. I think the pocketbook, you know, what you talked about earlier, hitting him in the pocketbook could, could, could work. Or maybe not. Maybe he's got a lot of money. You don't give two shits. Yeah, I don't know. he could. I mean, I don't know what is. You know, I, I don't know if he's a millionaire like Steve and Zacho, but uh, right. So moving on, Steve talks to Zach Osborne about Christian's future while Christian's on the phone. Let's listen. He's telling people that he's going four fifties next year. Yeah, right. He's that's what he's telling people. And no matter what, win or lose, he's going four fifties, and uh, that's great. I mean, he's awesome in four fifties. I get it. There's not a lot of spots for him to land. What do we know? Concepts have a have a spot. They are going to have a spot. Yeah, they are. Does he already have a signed deal with Bobby Reagan? Like, no, for sure. Or a, I don't think he would have a signed agreement with another OEM, but maybe some sort of promise. Or do you think he is just saying that and projecting it, projecting it out? What do you think, Zach? Because he's confident. He's very confident. Good where he's at. I mean, if I'm Christian, I defend it. I do too. I thought the same thing when I won in 17. Yep. Like, my deal was to go 450. Yeah. And they were like, no, you're going to run this number one. And yeah. I'm like, yes. Uh, I can't. I can't do that. Why? I just can't. I, I'm, it's time, Zach. It's time to go up. It is time, but what's cares? one more year <laughs> with, no. a number, with a number yeah. one plate and more money? Yeah. Mm, I think it's time. Okay. So, do you have an existing 450 ride signed? 
for 20. I don't. All right, Mason, I want to start with you. Uh, first of all, I, I really enjoy when Mathis is having a conversation with somebody else about somebody that's either there or on the phone, but he's acting like they're not there, which is kind of how this conversation started. Like they're just talking about their thoughts on Christian and not asking him his opinion just yet. Like it's sort of awkward and it's fun. I don't know. I, I dig it. I like it. And it's just a, a Mathis thing. Yeah, I really like it a lot too. And I remember when uh, Keeper was in studio a while back, uh, I don't know what number it was, but Christian was on and he did the same thing with Keeper talking about uh, Page? the upcoming year. Oh. Yeah, the age thing, whatever it was. Um, but for Christian moving up, I mean, he's got to be tired of people telling him to move up. Yeah. And that might weigh more on his heart and in his mind than defending the championship does. But you could just hear it in his voice, Mason. Like, he's just like, oh, I just can't. I can't. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, time. It's time. <laughs> yeah. But Randy, I mean, if you listen to Zach, like, he might have to. You know, if the team says, no, this is what you're doing. Well, I guess his contract would be up, so he could go to another team. But, I mean, if, if he wants to stay at Yamaha and with Star, they could just say, no, dude, you're going to defend. Honestly, like, what what does it matter that he rides the 250 class anymore, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I get everyone's opinion that he's older and he's beating up on the young kids, but, like, he's also making a living, right? Yeah. Uh, this is his job. He's really good at what he does, and if he still has eligibility to race in the 250 class and he can win championships and make a lot of money, dude, more power to him, honestly. Like, I'm I'm... I'm beyond like over listening to people like, oh, he's 20 some years old and he's beating up on these young kids. Who cares? Right, right. Like, get better then, right? Like, I mean, he's he's solid at what he does. Do would I like to see him compete in the 450 class? One or 100 percent, right? Like, I would love to see it. But if he doesn't have the ability to move up and has a good bike to compete with the guys that he's going to race against, then I'm fair game for him riding the 250 class again. And if he wins a championship and he, they tell me he's a defendant for one year, cool, man. Like, it is what it is. Yeah, I think there's I'm, a, Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all. I was just going to say, like, I, I don't think, like, if I was Christian and, you know, he's a very good rider, obviously, and, you know, if he, if he has a legit 450 deal, then great, he moves up, right? But if he doesn't and, you know, he goes to a... a and I don't want to say subpar team, but, like, let's, you know, if he's not on factory bikes then why not stay in a class, right? And and win another championship or win more races and collect bonuses and and better his lifestyle at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's kind of what, what these guys are here to do, right? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, that's that's the argument with, like, Jeremy Martin and Alex Martin over the last couple of years. Like, you know, sure. you can stay down here and race and make money and be competitive, or, like, there's no rides in the 450s. Like, Christian's not going to go to Tedder, no offense to Tedder, but if he can stay at Star on 250. Uh, but I understand. Dark side. Yo. Sorry, not to cut you off, but you mentioned Tedder, and I was curious to know how different this conversation looks if this is Marty in Christian's place. For us or for Steve? For for well, for Steve mainly, but I guess for you guys too. Well, I think because Marty seemed to get you know slammed with by Steve, especially on you got to go up, you got to go up. Yeah. And now that it's Christian, one of Steve's good buddies, he's like, oh, do whatever you want, man. Stay down. Well, I think that comes from the fact that when you go back and look at how many races Christian's actually raced over the last number of years, it's not as high as you would think because he's been hurt so much and he, you know, he stepped away for a couple of years. So I think that's where I, – I, I'd like to think that's where Steve's coming from, not just because it's his buddy. Because he'll, he'll say, you know, AC needed to move up or whatever. I, I, think, I think it's Christian's number of starts that really is the, the bar. It's still kind of low. But it's, would Christian, I mean, he's got to be more competitive than Marty obviously was. Yeah. And 
you know, Christian would be way more competitive than Marty could have been. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like I said, history shows. Yeah, but I I don't think Steve would suggest him move up. Maybe he would. Yeah, because he has said in the past, right? Just get a ride and and do what you can with it. So, Believe in yourself. You know, the privateer, he encouraged people to do that too. Yeah, I don't – for me, I don't think Christian should move up unless he has a really good deal. This doesn't make sense financially, you know, and for his future. So I, I'm fine with him saying 250s if that's what it means, if that's what's required, and if he doesn't get a good 450 ride. But I think he's going to get a good 450 ride. Uh, Randy, what about you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I don't I don't know what Yamaha's plan is as far as on the 450 side. I mean, they, to be honest, they got a pretty good group of guys right there right now, right, with Tomac and Fernandez. So do they put another 450 guy in their team? I don't know, right? I mean – it's tough to say, you know, and I think you nailed it with like, if he, if he doesn't have a good deal, we stay in a CBD class, you race another year and then maybe something opens up in, you know, 2024. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's tough, man. And I just get, I get frustrated just because I, I hear all these people just like, Oh, he's beating up on all these kids. Well, <laughs> so what? Yeah. So what? And he's older, right? Like if yeah. he, this younger generation is coming up and thinking they're so bad at what they do, right? Like they're so good and we'll crush everybody. Well then prove it. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, like I don't like, you know, and that's, that's my big thing. I mean, I've been, I've been in this industry for a very, very long time. Right. And I see these, this younger generation thinking how bad they are. And I'm just like, all right, well, let's see it then. Right. And we haven't really seen that younger generation coming in and dominate. Right. Let's, right. Let's, yeah. I mean, minus, minus jet. Right. And hunters, what hunter, I mean, yeah, those, the two, the Lawrence's are good. Let's be honest. But like the rest of them, there hasn't anything that's come up that's been like dominating. Yeah, not yet. It, you know, my biggest thing is with that, Mason, is that like, Christian wants to move up. He's not taking dives to stay down. Like, he wants to move up. It's just the opportunity or the right situation hasn't been there. So, I'm okay with it. It's not It's not like he's just trying to stay down and, quote-unquote, beat up on the kids. So, um, I don't have an issue with it yet. You know, wh- whatever he decides, whatever comes available, uh, I'll be happy to see him do. I, I would love to see him on a 450 with a good ride, and hopefully we will. Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't uh, disagree with anything you just said. Yeah, cool. That's good. Cause otherwise I'd have to hang up on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gus racing was established in 1990 as a premier off highway seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross and off-road competition. Gus racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the nineties to Ricky Carmichael and Stewart in the two thousands. And today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit, Kawasaki, and many more. If it's t- style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. So check out GutsRacing.com for info on many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And Andy Gregg, I, I need a seat for that 250 when I get it, man. We got to get that. We got to talk about that. So uh, I'll be hitting you up soon. Let's see here. Uh, Steve Mathis says that Zach Osborne has talked, this is just general talk, has talked to someone about racing 250 Nationals, Mason. This topic went on. uh, He said, and of course, Zach said no. He's questioning JT. Steve kind of questions JT, who's on the phone at the time, if they'll support him. Uh, I think we all know that if they can, they will. But this discussion kind of, well, it it led into this. Let's listen to this audio. Here's Here's my thing. Okay, so I'm a student of the sport, of the history of the sport, okay? I know the sport a lot. Yeah, we. So, no, me and JT don't. No, you guys do, but maybe okay, not. Maybe saying. not as much as me. Nobody knows anything as much as Steve does. No, 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 exactly. no, 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 no. Jack just told me that before McGrath, he's not that up on the history of the Dude, sport. I was. That's fine. I'm not coming down on you, but I know more about pre-McGrath than you. That's so great. That's, I know right. more about pulling a whole shot at Supercross than you. We can. 
hiss on this contest all night, but okay, but there's going to be no decision. It's going to be a the category wasn't Supercross starts. It was Supercross just history. Whatever. Okay. His, you do know a lot about Supercross, Steve. It just doesn't <laughs> come across you, well fired. when you say that you do. Fuck you, you're fired. <laughs> okay. The history of this sport of Better guys guys retiring and coming back is not great. I'm well when aware you, of that. When you check out mentally, whatever, physically, to get back into the groove yeah. is I'm tough. aware of that. That's all. I'm fine. I'm, I just wanted to, make some, I wanted to make some money. I don't want you to shit on your legacy. All right, Randy. So this discussion really is about whether he might come back and you know, see, so kind of said maybe you'll race some GNCCs. You know, do like the Ryan Sipes kind of thing, where you're doing different things and having fun. And there was a discussion, obviously, about well, maybe he's going to run some outdoors next year. There seems to be something there. They really need. We didn't. And Steve's trying to kind of get him to talk about it, but Zach's not exactly. You know, he probably can't or doesn't doesn't want to yet. What's going on? But the idea of Steve saying, like, we've seen this before. Guys take some time off, and they try to come back. And he gave us this list of guys like Bradshaw and, and numerous others that it just doesn't work out. I, I'm not there yet with Zacho. Like, I feel like if he decided at the end of this or at the beginning of outdoors to come back and race the full series, let's say, I think he's still at a place where he probably could. Now, if it was next year, maybe that's too much time. But I do. I would rather personally see Zach do the Ryan Sipes kind of thing. Go to GNCCs. Go do some hair scrambles. Go go do a flat track if you want. Maybe run one national if that's what you want to do. But just be an ambassador for a brand. Show up. Have some fun. That's kind of where I'm at. What do you think about it, Rand, uh, Randy? Yeah, you know, I, I think he hasn't been he hasn't been away long enough where he wouldn't be competitive, right? I think you know if if he put you know, if it started now or started whenever it was and he started to get back in shape and do it, which he's probably never gotten out of shape, but you know what I'm saying? And, and, and wanted to race, um, maybe he has an opportunity in the outdoors. I don't know. Right. Right. But I'm kind of right. Like, I think it'd be cool to see Zach come back and do, I know he's been racing some, some off-road stuff in Florida and things like that. Um, it would be cool to see him come back. And if he wrote a national or two, or like you mentioned, a GNCC, um, you know, Sipes is kind of a unique character. I mean, he's a bit insane, let's be honest, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. he did that, you know, the, the thing in Iowa with all the, the gnarly jumps and whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, it would be cool to see him come back. I think he would still be competitive. I think that's just his mentality, right? Like, he, he is a competitive person. Um, if he came back and did a couple of nationals and just like maybe he does the first few and sees how it goes, right? And if it works out well, we keep going. I don't know, honestly, right? But I would love to see him come back because I think he's, a fantastic rider, and I think he's uh, he's all in when he does something. So mm-hmm. let's see him come back and do something. And like you said, whether it's a few races here and a few off road events or whatever it be, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, exactly. And Mason, this is again classic Mathis, where he clearly knows something, and he cl- he obviously knows that Zach isn't ready to talk about it, but he's going to kind of throw these little hints out and poke the bear. And try to make it a thing and say, I know more than you guys. You know, I, I, I'm, uh, I know more about what's going on. I know what's best for you. And, you know, I'm just looking out for the best for you and just kind of stirring the pot, kind of pushing those buttons. You know, we're, we're loving it because it's entertaining. It, it leads us to believe there's something there. We're excited to hear about it and eventually we will. And then JT's just over there, like trying to play, like, look, man, you're, you're, you know, yeah, of course we'll help him if we can. And not giving information. I don't know. The whole the whole dynamic is just it's entertaining, but it's also giving us a little information, you know, that something's coming. 
Yeah, it definitely seems like there's something brewing around yeah. there, and I can't wait to see it. I, I definitely agree with you guys. I think that Stipes kind of program would be really cool for Zacho, or, or cool as a fan of Zacho to watch him go through that. I just want to see him on a motorcycle. I don't really care what he does. I just yeah. want to yep. see him do well and, and see him out there. I do, too. I, I love having Zach around. Uh, and We had an email, speaking of Zach, guys, early in the show, I think it was pretty early in the show, got from Ben, and he had some negative thoughts, negative comments on Zach's commentating. On TV, it, man, I don't know if you, I only got to see him commentate at a two. I haven't watched Glendale back, but I don't think, and this just goes back to complaints I've had over the last couple of years when people, keyboard warriors, start bashing on anybody. Uh, Mason, I don't think people realize one, like their negative comments aren't needed. Nobody really wants to hear it. But two, like they don't realize how hard what Zach is doing on TV, how hard it is being a commentator. They touched on it, right? With There's Bondo in your ear talking, and you're trying to get a thought out. And, and, and like, I just don't understand why this email was even sent. Like, I don't get it. I hate when people bash on other people. Like, if you got something positive to say, say it. If you got something negative to say, keep it to your damn self. I just don't, I don't know. And especially, I love Zach, man. He's one of the best people on the planet. I don't understand. I don't quite get it either. I mean, it's a whole lot easier to type something like that than as opposed to walk up to Zach and say it directly to him. Yeah. Um, and I know we'll, we'll probably get to um, Tyler Intignap, um here in a minute, but I thought their conversation about, um, you know, being their pit reporters and commenting and all that, I thought that was really interesting and something that I never really even considered or thought about as a spectator of Supercross for all these years. And, uh, you know, not to bring weeds into this, but I think it just really impressed me with how well Weeds does at it watching the Nationals. Yeah, it's when you say when you t- brought up Tyler, who I was going to bring up next. You're talking about the them talking in his ears. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, talking about their ears, going to commercials, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so I, I've kind of talked to Daniel Blair and Weeds about this in the past, and like actually had Kristen Beat on my show last night and talked to her when she at A two she got called up for the the main show to to do the podium interviews and then the trackside stuff. And she was talking about that, like, well, one, she was talking about all the, the bashing she got afterwards because people were hating on it. But, yeah, these anybody that's on TV, for the most part, doing this stuff, Weege, Daniel, RC, they've got people in their ear while they're making a point saying, okay, you got 10 seconds left. You know, we're getting ready to go to this next thing. 10, 9, 8. Like, I know for me, Randy, I cannot multitask. It is impossible. If somebody was doing that, I would have to stop with my point Ask them what the hell they said. Like, it'd be impossible. I could not do it. And I, I know for a, there's no way these people that are bashing on Emig, Ralph, whoever, understand how difficult what they're doing actually is. No, and I agree, right? I mean, we've never really been on, on camera, right? We got someone in your ear. And, you know, I think I, I've heard some rumblings of like, oh, Zach doesn't seem to be himself while he's doing these race day lives and this and that. But like, it's got to be tough, right? I mean, he's not used to it, right? He's, yeah, uh, it's he's new. Goes, uh, but then you look at like you listen to the the pulp show on Monday, and Zach's great, right? Like he doesn't have anyone in his ear, and he's, you know, he's himself, and this and that. Like it's got to be a little bit nerve wracking, right? I mean, it's 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 got to be tough. I've never done you know live feeds or television, whatever you want to call it, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, for for the little bit of you know, knowledge or whatever he's done in that, like he he does, he does a great job. Right. I mean, yeah. it's got, to be tough. um, 
you know, I think Zach actually speaks pretty well, yep. um, you know, and, and, and to get into that situation, it's gotta be tough, you know, and you look at like, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I think Daniel Blair has done a great job at what he's done, not to get off the topic, but like, you know, putting Daniel in, in the box with Ricky is, is one of the best things I've seen in quite some time, to be honest with you. I 100% agree with that. But going back to Zach again, I can't comment on Glendale cause I haven't had a chance to watch the race back. But yeah, I, I, I told him, I told him uh, Glendale that I thought his information he was giving at A two was fantastic. Like his comments, the whatever he was bringing was was great. I did tell him I said I think to just bring a little more energy, you know, like yeah. give us a little more energy, and I think that's that's where you were lacking. And he agreed. You know, he's like, yeah, that's I know that's what my friends were saying. Uh, so you know, but again, he is the first time he'd ever done it. It's it's thrown into the lion's den man i mean this is tough i can't talk i can't talk on the phone and have somebody next to me talking like i can't do that i'm not capable so i have very high esteem for the guys that do that kind of stuff uh it's it's really like i said just man the email don't don't fucking send an email like that what's the point yeah but that's what that's what happens right that's the world we live in yeah i don't like it it sucks. I know. I get it. Right. And like, I just love the fact that like they brought Zach in because I mean, let's be honest, the guy has more knowledge than most and whether he's exciting or he's not right. Like just listening to what he has to say is so much better than somebody that comes in from the outside. That is just like a, maybe they're good on camera, but they absolutely know nothing to what's going on. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. It, we, it, we've seen that in the past. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Tyler Internet for a minute. Uh, he came on to talk about his role with Hoosier Arena Cross coming on FX1 every Sunday with Ralph Shaheen, Jeff Emig. So really stoked for Tyler and his new role. He seems to be taking to it well. Uh, but uh, Mason, he told a couple good stories. Well, actually, he told a story about Zach eating dinner with, with Tyler and his dad, which Tyler didn't remember. But that led into a great Zach Osborne story uh, I did not cut the audio, Mason, but he was talking about going up to this race and then on, on his Yamaha Troy bike, you know, on the back of his truck, uh, you know, and he's kind of at the time in his life where he, he didn't have millions of dollars in the bank, as Matha says, and he was counting on winning and getting the cash. And I guess Michael Moses' mom was running that event and like she gave him a check at the end of the night. He was like, uh, can I get cash? Because I need cash to get home. And she said like, well, what if you didn't win? Like this story... I've never heard this story before, Mason. This was great, man. I mean, this is funny. I'm like laughing as he's talking about it. And Zach just said, like, I was just a dumb kid. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that whole segment there talking about, um, you know, asking for cash and <laughs> just no doubt in his mind. He had no other plan but just to go there and go home with some money in his pocket. Yeah. And obviously he executed and it all worked out well. But that whole that whole interview was, was great or that whole story was great. Um, and Tyler talking about how he went up to him thinking that they're buddies because they had breakfast together. was <laughs> so funny to me. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. But, I mean, Zach had an incredible memory for all kinds of different things. I mean, he even remembered me from 1999. Like, he, it, I was blown away with how much things Zach remembered and how specific and detailed he was with his memory. Yeah, but he didn't remember eating with Tyler, though. <laughs> that's, what, that's what made me laugh about yeah. it. Because Tyler, it was obviously very uh, monumental for Tyler. But for Zach, it was just another breakfast. Right, right. Uh, Randy, uh, racing throughout your career, have you ever put yourself in a position like that where like, you're going to a race and you need the money to get home? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I, I grew up as a broke privateer, right? I mean, I grew up in Michigan and me and a couple of my buddies would jump in a van, you know, and take our, we'd jam four bikes into a van and head to a race. And you know, we, 
I went there to win money, right? Like that's, that's what we did. And, uh, it's unfortunate. Like that's where our sports at, but I mean, that's literally what it is. So. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's uh, it, a lot of the privateers, hell, these guys, these guys racing at Supercross. There's guys out there in their van that are just hoping to make the night show so they can get to the next race, right? It's tough, man. I just wish there would be a little bit more purse for some of these guys, you know. And uh, I do too. It's it is what it is. It's 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 more than likely not going to change, but uh, you know, and I think that's why we see less and less guys lined up on the starting line at the end of the night, right? Yeah, you're not you're not incorrect. Uh, let's talk about yep. motorsport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And you can find a lot of the products that sponsor Pulpamex at Motorsport.com, including Guts Racing, Michelin Motorcycle Tires, Seal Savers, correct, Mason? Correct. They uh, just replenished after their initial order. We just kind of hopped on board with them relatively recently, and they just uh, replenished, so they're well-stocked with our stuff at the moment. And I would have to assume they uh, they carry ProTaper. Oh, they most certainly do. Dude, I'm running the uh, – why is my mind blanking? The one, the adjustable bar. Um, Diffusion? Diffusion, yeah. That's what I have on my 06. I had it on my 15 before I got rid of it. Uh, that's a good bar. I like it. That was – that was uh, suggested by chris Kiefer, by the way oh of course i gotta get i gotta get you one of the new bars then at least you can give it a give it a try i'll do it i'll put it on that th- on my right. blue crew when i get it man yep i love it if i, I love ever it. get it I, I talked to chris today actually we were talking about minneapolis and coming up and he's like yeah man a week away and i was like i don't know dude i don't i don't seem to see a yz sitting in my shop yet so we're <laughs> we're in a stalemate here he tells me it's in his garage but uh he won't send me a picture of it so i'm not sure i believe him yeah. So well, I I would feel like you don't you don't agree to any haircutting until you see a physical bike. Yeah, that's what my stepdaughter. I told the story maybe on the Pulp Show a couple weeks ago. My stepdaughter who just turned thirteen, just out of the blue, like a month ago, she's at school and I get a text and she's like, "I don't think you should do it until you get the bike." Because I told her it was yep. you know I didn't I didn't know I was going to get it. She's like, "What if they're tricking you?" I was like, well, they're my, it's my buddies. I trust them, and I, I think we're, it's cool. And she's yeah, they might be friends, but what if they're still tricking you? I like, you know what? That's not right. a bad point from a 13-year-old. <laughs> so we talked about that actually in the press box. And Steve said, oh, how great would it be if we just were messing with you? It's like, yeah, it wouldn't be great at all, Steve. No. <laughs> the shit storm, though, like Chris said today, the shit storm they would get from that would be enormous. But I don't know about that. There's enough people that would probably think that was really funny because people love to fucking hate. Oh, they do. They do. They do. All right, let's move on. The oh, Race Tech Rant. I always enjoy the Race Tech Rant. Uh, I am Checkers is hooking me up with Race Tech Suspension on that 250 when I get it. Uh, here's, here's Steve's Race Tech Rant. Three years in, and we don't have a name for these races. It's a triple crown format. We need to keep them as stats. Thank you. You just said it, races. Races. Race one, race two, race three overall. Really? That's what we're going to call them, races. That's the official word, races. Races. That's what they tell us on TV to call them, To races. say races. Race one, race two, race three. Okay, two. so what's what's the what's coming up this weekend in Anaheim 3? A main event. Not a race? That's the stupidest name ever, race. Right. As I said. I didn't make the we name. I'm just name. telling you what it I is. I said call them gangbangs. <laughs> so probably not the most appropriate. <laughs> I was calling them gangbangs for a long time, and then people got mad at me. 
can we get a name for these things and can we keep track of them? We got to know who wins these things. Are you guys listening? We got to know who's a good sprinter. We got to know all this kind of stuff. I like sprint. I like the sprint idea. Just get a fucking name so that we can keep track of these so it's a real stat in our sport. Hey, they're not listening on the AMA sheets. The AMA guys, they have software. You go on the results page a lot, I'm uh-huh. sure. It's from fucking 1998. Yeah. Like the software. Like they've not updated their software. Marks. Marks would know. He can't do it. Marks. What? How antiquated is the AMA results page? It's pretty rough. It's, it's pretty bad. Is that MS-DOS from 95? Okay. How about a fucking stat for gangbangs? It's 2022, and we're not keeping track of stats in our sport properly. It's ridiculous. Okay, I guess that's the end of the audio. I thought it, went, I thought it was keep going. Mason, I don't have any problem with it being called races. I don't know why Steve is so mad and says it's the stupidest thing at name ever. I disagree with him with that. I do agree with the stats on each individual race. Race one, race two, race three. I think that should be kept. And I also agree with his other rant from the past about we should know where a rider starts from lap one, not after they cross the finish line on the first lap. But I don't have an issue with it being called races. Yeah, I don't see an issue with races. Um, I Do you think that Steve was just trying to play up the rant, the rant a little bit? I think his true rant is a stat. Uh, it, yeah, it could be him playing it up a little bit because he definitely does that sometimes, but... Or he just wanted a reason to yell gangbang. That's a possibility, too. Although I, I was, I'm was, i under the understanding that they asked him to stop saying that. But he definitely threw it out there a lot on his show Monday night. He, yeah, I heard it a number of times Monday. <laughs> yeah, but but the stats on races or gangbangs, depending on where what side you're on, is a good, is a good uh, rant. That one I'm on board with. It's important. I think when you look back on history of these triple crowns, you should have a stat of how who has won the most of them. I think it's important. Even though it doesn't pay points uh, per per race, as Zach said, would, wouldn't be. A, I don't like Zach's opinion on that either. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, I, I think we the name races is fine, and we need a stat for each winner. I guess you agree. I'm assuming Mason. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Randy, any problem with the name of races, one, two, and three? And what are your thoughts on no stats in the AMA website? Disagree on the stats. There should be stats involved in it for sure. Uh, Races, I mean, I don't know. If we're going to have them, maybe we come up with a more clever name. I don't really know. It doesn't, the races, the name doesn't bother me. Um, Other than it sounds like he's saying racist. Well, there's that. Yes, there is that. <laughs> yeah. Every time you said it, I was like, dude, you need to enunciate a little better because it sounds like you're saying yeah. racist. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And his, his thing on the AMA website, like he's right. It is very antiquated, but damn, it's easy to use. Like, it is. No, there's no doubt about that. It, it's a, is, as old as it is, it's it's pretty easy to yeah. navigate through. Yeah, so anyway, all right. Uh, he had another rant, Mason, that I didn't pull the audio from, and it's about the kid who won the KJSC race ghost riding his bike. He did a little dance, a little celebration. I didn't dig the ghost ride so much either, but I love the dancing, which I think Steve was against that too. Like, it's a kid, man. He's in the stadium for the first time. He's excited. I thought it was awesome. I like when I've seen a couple kids throughout history in these races, these KJSC races, do a little dance. I think it's cute, man. They're kids, but I didn't like the ghost ride. 
Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Ghost Rider. I actually did a KJSC back in the day, too, and it was a really cool experience. But I love seeing the kids, how excited they are. I thought it was cool. I, I do disagree with the Ghost Ride, but the dancing's awesome. Um, I mean, we all loved it when AP belly flopped into the into the water, and right, he was right. always dancing, and Mookie was dancing. We all liked it then, but now that it's a kid, it's not cool anymore. I disagreed with that, and I thought he tore into the kid's dad pretty good, yeah. which I didn't think was justified. Yeah, he said, I think the, the dad uh, might have taught him better. Like, I mean, we don't know that the dad didn't teach him better. Maybe the kid just didn't give a damn that night. He was excited. You know, so like, and then Randy, he said the kids should be grounded, which that was pretty funny. But uh, you were there. What did you think of the celebration? I thought it was awesome, honestly. Yeah. Like, the kid was stoked. I mean, the ghost ride is what it is. I mean, let's be honest, that, that Deegan ghost ride back in the day made huge, huge headwinds, right? I mean, it is the kid had a good time. And he won. He goes through the bike. I'm not sure exactly who picked him up off of the starting line. I, I was feel curious. like it was one of the uh, right? Like, I didn't know if that was his dad or if that was uh, someone from KTM. But, I mean, the kid was having a blast, right? I mean, he won the race. He was the, – the fans loved it, and they shut him down. So, yeah, whatever. It was it was fun. It yeah, was my, fun. my first reaction when I saw that guy grab him was – and then, like, they started walking back. The guy walked in front of him towards the podium, and yeah. I kind of felt like they were, like – he was in trouble by – KTM or whoever that was, and they were about to like not let him go on the podium. That was like my first reaction was like, "Oh shit!" They just like this kid's about to get like in trouble, trouble. But uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the the ghost ride again. He's a kid, like he's not thinking about oh this isn't my bike. I need to take care of it. He was just excited in the moment. Ah man, let it go. It's not that big of a deal, Steve. I think it was it was fine. I, I, I the kid the kid won and he was having a good time and uh, yeah he he made the best of it let's be honest and I mean what they he bent the bars maybe I don't know right like, scratched the plastic it, a little bit I mean, yeah whatever so I can't imagine Mason what I would do if I ever won hell if it was an amateur race in the stadium with that many people I would probably act a fool yeah absolutely absolutely and I thought that Steve was kind of teeing up a rant to talk about the guy that pulled him off the track I was hoping that they just let the kid go yeah yeah me too it was entertaining man I mean like people love that when the kids go up there and and they like when they're being interviewed and they say something cute and he's out there dancing the fans enjoy that that part of it was fine again the bike thing I can see being a little bit bummed that he just dropped the bike but again he's just a kid he's not thinking about it like Steve doesn't have kids so he doesn't he just doesn't think that way, I guess. <laughs> if it was a Bassett Hound that threw that bike, he would have loved it. Yeah, it would have been cute if Rocky had done it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, okay, a couple more things just real quick, and we'll wrap this thing up. Cade Clayson had called in uh, at one point to confirm, because they had talked about this, that Ryan Brees did get fined for the seven-deuce-deuce incident. And you know, he kind of talked about like there's no parameters. Uh, and he, he had mentioned, Cade mentioned that they usually get an email letting them know about these kind of things after they happen. I guess that there was a fine or a DQ or whatever. And he said, like, I didn't get an email or maybe I didn't see it. And he made a, a little inside joke that nobody really caught where he said, yeah, it's like me and emails referring back to <laughs> when he got in trouble, right? With, uh, with, uh, the, what the hell the thing called the, the damn organization called the, that enforces the drug testing. Damn it. What, what not water. The other one. USADA? 
FIM. I think it was FIM. Uh, anyway, FIM. one of those emails, he was referring to that. None of what I just said matters. It was funny, but they didn't really hear it. He had to go back to it, which at that point it lost its humor that he had to tell everybody he said it. But quick-witted, Kate. I like it. That was good. Um, but, yeah, really crazy, guys. Mason, crazy that Ryan Brees got fined. I mean, that was a hard hit. That was uncalled for. But then that Vince gets basically nothing, really. Yeah, I thought they le- that the least they could have done was let Vince get FFL. If they're not going to do anything, just put him on probation. Might as well just let him be a first lap leader. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Anyway, I appreciated Cade calling in. He, you know, those guys listen. Him and A Ray, especially, they listen a lot of times live, and we get we get updates from them. That's always cool to have those get writers call in that aren't scheduled. Um, last thing I'm gonna touch about. I called in. And I, the reason I brought this up is because there was an incident at Glendale or Phoenix Airport where I saw a guy in baseball, actually my co-host saw a guy with a baseball shirt on and this whole discussion of whether this guy might know Chris Betts or who Chris Betts was. And I thought there's no chance in hell. And I finally decided to ask the guy. And sure enough, he knew the who, who Chris Betts was. Led to me tweeting about it. And Steve remarking, like, your ability to talk to strangers is unbelievable. And the reason I want to bring this up is, like, I don't think talking to strangers is that big of a deal. Like, everybody in your life you know was a stranger at some point. That's how you get to know people. It's just called being friendly. Mason, or let's go to you first, Randy. Like, Steve just has this weird thing with he's kind of has his circle, his people, and he doesn't really need anybody or want anybody else in the circle. You can get in that circle, but he's not real uh, <laughs> inviting at first. It t- so he's just – Steve's just a little different when it comes to that stuff. I don't think what I did was that uncommon. No, I, I don't disagree. You know, I, I, I will I will eavesdrop into conversations while I'm at the airports or wherever it may be, right, if it's something that somewhat sparks my interest, right? Like, I'll butt in. Yeah, right? oh, you yeah. never know what's going to come of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, it's typically pretty good people that you're trying to talk to. And yeah, honestly, at the end of the day, you probably have a pretty good conversation with the guy. And if you don't, you don't. Right. But, Dude, we're Instagram yeah, friends now. <laughs> yeah. Like Steve, Steve doesn't want to do that. Right. Like he want, he's got his group and he's cruising and it is what it is. But hey, when we're done with this topic, I do want to ask you one more question regarding the triple crown. Okay. So anyways, yeah. Well, yeah. well, let's go ahead and do the triple crown. We'll get back on this topic. Let's do it while you're thinking about it. So what is uh, your thoughts and Mason's thoughts on points per race in the Triple Crown? I think that's the dumbest thing Zach said all night. I don't like it. For the okay. for the good point that Steve brought up, like just take uh, Dylan Ferrandis. Didn't finish the last the last one, got hurt. Uh, I think it was the last one. Maybe it was the second one. But I appreciate, yeah, it was the last one because he was on my fantasy team. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> would kill him, right? That, that absolutely kills him for his uh, season. I not certainly not full points anyway. Like maybe, you know, a, a couple points here and there. But no, I, I don't like it. I think I think overall is fine with me. What do you What do you think, uh, Randy? You brought it up. I, I it's hard to say, right? Like okay. I don't. I think it it would definitely make things interesting, right? Um, you know, whether it's max points or it's a you know it's a top three points enhancer right where if you get you know it's three two one for the top three i don't know i'm just trying to think of something that like would make it a little more interesting at the end of the day i'd like to get mason's thoughts on it as well you know yeah uh, before we go to mason like minimal points like that if you said three two one for the top three yeah i'm okay with that but full points per 
Paying like 26 points for first and all three of them? No, I'm out on that. But go ahead, Mason. I, I agree. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mason. Um, you know, I think uh, I think it would definitely make things interesting. And if they do it a couple times throughout the year, I mean, just because you didn't finish one of them or you got sixth or eighth or whatever and you're supposed to be on the podium, you potentially have that chance to make up those points you lost. And the guys that were ahead of you have the chance multiple times to lose those same amount of points. Um, I don't know that it – I don't know. I, I know I called in first thing in the show to yeah. bring up a triple crown idea, and I absolutely butchered my thought. Oh, but my yeah. thought was kind of my thought was kind of like if they were to incorporate Monster Cup and all of the triple crowns into like a mini series. And I know Zach brought up that they did it the first time, but no one knew about it. And that's kind of like how the manufacturers championship is right now this year in my mind. And I just feel like they could really hype up the triple crown thing a whole lot more than they really are. Um, it's just so much more fun to watch as a viewer. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think they, they they sort of made it a series within the series. Yeah, exactly. And and it could have be like my uh, not to you know get off on this, but um, my original thought was you know if they took that million dollar sweet money for Monster Cup, dropped it to five hundred thousand, and took the five hundred thousand towards the Triple Crown series winner or something. Um, I don't know. Just they need to do something with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like where you're going with it. I don't know if I'm fully on board with that idea, but I, I, I do not mind the series within a series. If there's something, you know, a, a triple crown champion or something like that, you know, and maybe, yeah, some something along those lines. It had to make a bigger deal out of them. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sure, mind exactly. that so much. Uh, That's all I was really yeah, trying yeah. to ask. Sure. Well, anyway, back to the talking to strangers things again, uh, Mason. I like you. Well, Randy, you just mentioned. So I just thought of this when you brought it up a minute ago. Like that same flight, there was somebody behind me that was talking about 49ers and, and another team. And I heard Niners and I was like, Niners Nation. And then we started talking <laughs> about football, you know, I mean, just for a second. Right. But yeah, yeah. like I have no, yeah, I'm down with that. Like I like just having these random conversations. Uh, my, my buddies give me crap uh, on the show because I have no problem walking up to, like in a really attractive chick and like she's with a guy and being like, dude, nice score. Like it might be creepy, <laughs> but I, I have zero issue with that. I'm just like, whatever, man. I think it's funny and you really never know what reaction you're going to get. And you start a conversation and you, you, you know, I don't know, Mason. I mean, are you, are you like real open like that? Just going talking to people. Yeah. And especially when it comes to steel savers, like I was on a mountain bike ride last week and just struck up a conversation with a guy on the top of mountain he ended up hitting me up like an hour later and buying a set from me. So you never know where that conversation is going to lead to. And you never know who's out there, you know, whose path you're going to cross. So there's all kinds of really great people out there. So you, you never know till you try. Absolutely. And Steve, likes, he busted my balls about me handing out Moto X Pod Show business cards that I had made. And what all it is is it's a business card that has the logo, had the YouTube channel, the website, back when we had a website, and like where you can find it on iTunes or whatever, and it had all all, all the sponsors listed on it. And I would like at a race at nationals or Supercross, I'd be like, "Hey man, do you listen to podcasts?" Or yes, no, whatever. Well, check ours out. You know, we talked to Cooper Webb and Zach Osborne, and man, check it out. You know, it's just advertising, and he gives me so much shit about it. And like, I can't for the life of me understand why that could possibly be a problem, other than the fact that Steve just likes giving me shit. Like, I think it's <laughs> fucking genius. 
the the whole thing got brought up at Loretta's one a couple years ago. I was at McDonald's on the way to the track, and there was these people in front of me that were clearly going to the race. And I told them about the show, and they're like, oh, badass. Yeah, we never listened to it. We'll check it out. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But, I mean, it's it's just ad- advertising, Randy. It's no different than handing out stickers. 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I get in a lot of conversations. This isn't interesting to see what, what people are doing and what they're about, right? Like, yeah. What, what's their life story? I, I, I like that stuff, right? I, I travel a lot to work, and... I'll, uh, like I said, I spark up some conversations sometimes or vice versa. People spark up conversation with me. And sometimes I don't want to talk to them. I'll be honest. Right. Sure. But most of the time, you know, I'm you know, pretty good dude. So like, I'll talk to them and see what they got to say. And, uh, yeah, you never know what comes of it. No, I like it. And like I told Steve, like yeah. you, you know, Steve, you didn't know me before I introduced myself to you and it took a little while, but uh, you yeah. know, it's just, yeah, I was a stranger once too. And, you know, and then it just took time with him, but like, Dude, I I become friends with people pretty damn quick. When I meet listeners or whatever at the track, I'm like, "What's up, man?" Yeah, well, let's. I'll, I try to respond to every DM if I can, and it's just I like people, and I I really feel like I, I I've only been doing this a few years, and I started four and a half five years ago as a random fan that nobody in the industry knew who the hell I was. I was just a fan. Not you know, I had no foot in the door. But I feel like the reason I have gotten to the level I am now, which isn't all that high necessarily, but my foot is in the industry door because of my personality, being friendly, being willing to talk to the riders, the managers, the wives, et cetera, the, the listeners, and be like, hey, I'm a regular guy, man. I just want to have a conversation. And I, I don't think I, – I feel like if my personality was closed off a little bit like Steve's is, that my show would have never taken off he was very fortunate to already be in the industry and be one of the first guys and really build it. But, you know, as, as standoffish as he can be sometimes, if he was just starting out, I think he'd have a hard time. That could be for you. Hey, I, 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 I will say I, when I was standing with Steve at Glendale, he had some, uh, some pulp MX fans that rolled up that wanted to take a picture and he was more than welcome to take, or he's more than happy to take a picture with him. So yeah, maybe he's coming around a little bit. Well, it's, it's, you're right. Every time I've been with him <laughs> and a listener has come up, he has been more than gracious. I've seen yeah. him. I, I've been tagging along behind him after a race, trying to get down to the press conference back when we did them at the stadium and like people would take a picture and he'd be like, yeah, yeah I, I'm in a hurry, but yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, he'd say hi. He is very friendly, yeah. but we, like just the weird stuff, like I'm not going to go on a mountain bike ride with some stranger or whatever. Like, yeah, man, sure. you never know where that's going to lead. You might, you might meet your new best friend, man. You just never know. So anyway. Or you, hey, or you, or you get stabbed in the, in the desert somewhere. You yeah. know what? I mean, I mean, you never know. <laughs> there's always that. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, one last thing. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people, I don't know if you guys have noticed yet, that the show was not posted on YouTube right away like it usually is after it was done. People were questioning why, and Matt, um, Marks had used a clip from Feld that was longer than they allow, and that was red flagged on YouTube, and he had to edit. I don't even know if it's up now. He's working on it. I know that to edit, cut it down to meet their regulations, but that is why the YouTube uh, archive was not up for Monday night show, at least as of earlier. It might've been yesterday. So it's probably up now. But anyway, that's what happened with that. Uh, I want to thank once again, motorsport.com guts, racing, seal savers and Michelin bicycle tires, as well as all the pulp MX sponsors for all the shows. Most of them can be found at uh, 
pulpamexshow.com under the sponsor deal tabs. There's links and discount codes, etc. Use those sponsors. Buy those sponsors' products. Go to Motorsport, buy the products. All that stuff allows these shows to continue that we love to listen to. Uh, so it's big time, big deal. And again, darkside at pulpmex.com if you have questions, comments, concerns, or even... You know, if you want to criticize me, send those emails. I'll, I'll read those on air. I don't give a shit. Even though I just complained about negative emails, you can send them to me. I'll read them. Um, Mason, before we go, anything that we did not touch on that I should have? Uh, no, I think we covered it. I was curious, though, is your email changing to jamie at pulpamex.com <laughs> in two weeks, or is it going to remain dark side? Uh, that's really <laughs> up to Steve, because seemingly Steve and Kiefer seem to control my future and my direction. So, I don't know. I can't answer that. I, I can answer that about as well as you can answer if you're going to stick around for 23 as a sponsor. Well, st- uh, at this point, early on in 22, we are. We'll see how uh, the fresh haircut uh, treats you, Dark Side. All right. Yeah, how it affects me. I, I might be a complete, I might turn into an asshole. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> how about you, Randy? Anything that, uh, that I didn't catch that you, that you stood out to you? No, I think you nailed everything, man. It was a great show. Well, Randy, I want to tell you especially thank you for coming on because it seems like it was a big deal to get you on, according to Steve, and a surprise. Um, I, I appreciate you having time. I know Mason, he enjoys coming on, and he rarely says no to me. But I, I, So I appreciate you coming on for the second time, Randy. No problem. I appreciate you having me. And Mason, again, thank you for coming on as always, and thank you for the sponsorship of the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show. For sure. Happy to be on board. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We're out. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show?